You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. These podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you're not an authorised financial advisor, it's important you understand the content of this podcast may be difficult to follow, as it assumes you have the necessary training, qualifications and experience to understand the concepts discussed as well as the technical language used. If you still decide to listen, please understand the information contained in this recording is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Any scenarios considered during this podcast are purely hypothetical and for illustrated purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. To provide superannuation advice in the current environment, an advisor will need to confirm a range of details, including such things as a client's total superannuation balance. Now, thankfully, a lot of this information is now available via MyGov. Now, I'm Craig Day, your host, and here to talk to me about what sort of information is available via MyGov is our new Senior Technical Services Analyst, Alex Denham. Hey, Alex. Hi, Craig. How are you today? Very well, yourself? Good, thank you. All right, so your first podcast, and we're going to be talking MyGov. So how does MyGov actually work? Okay, well, I actually, this is going to make me sound like a complete nerd, but I actually have been looking into and playing around on it lately, and I think it's really cool. So it's basically an online portal where you just, you can register into it and then link to all sorts of government services and bodies. So... There's this the ATO online, which is what we're probably what we're focusing on today. But there's mm-hmm. heaps of other stuff there, like Medicare, Social Security, uh, uh, child childcare, um, you know, child support agency. Um, you know, there's about twenty others that you can all link through to to get quick and easy access to all your own personal information there. So it's kind of like a, a one stop shop for all your interactions with government. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I remember going and setting up my own MyGov account. And now, God, this would be three or four years ago now. Yeah. And same. there's there's about 45 minutes of my life I'll never get back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree and had similar experience and so kind of just forgot about it. But lately, as I say, I've been going back on and playing around and it's really improved. I can't pinpoint what it is they've done that's different, but actually... It's got some really good stuff on there now and it's a whole lot easier to navigate. So I really oh. do think, you know, anyone who's got a computer and a phone, get onto it because it actually it. it can save time on heaps of things. Yeah, and it'll be really important for... Because a lot of this information we're just about to talk about, it's actually so critical for an advisor to confirm before they provide any sort of superannuation advice. Yep. And getting this information from the client themselves can be extraordinarily difficult um, well, so right. otherwise you, you're, you're calling around to all the different types of super funds and you're hoping that the client's told you about all the different types of super funds. Yeah, exactly. Um, and clients yeah. don't remember this stuff. So if you're going back a few years, I mean, they, 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 you know, A, probably don't know how to find it and B, don't remember. So this is a way to just go and, and double check everything. Yeah, yeah. So how do I go about actually setting up a MyGov account? Right. So you just go to, it's my.gov.au. It's a website, or even easier, uh, just Google MyGov, and it'll take you straight there. And then, obviously, in the first page, just like you register for anything online, you, there's a registration process. You need an email address, of course, and it'll need your phone number, uh, and it'll take you through a series of questions. Um, 
So do give yourself time to do that. It's going to go through some, some, a lot of security questions. You can imagine with this sort of thing, the security has to be, you know, top notch. So yeah. they are going to be asking you a lot of questions um, and, and things to, so that, you know, obviously for the security. So just They can confirm that you are who you are saying you are. That's right. So set, yeah. up, set aside time for that, for that part of it. And yeah. then once you have your MyGov account, then you can link to all these services. So they don't all just suddenly pop up just because you've got a MyGov account. You actually then go in and link into the services that you want to. And again, it's all fairly intuitive. You just press on the icon for ATO or the Centrelink or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, right. you can you then one by one, you know, as you need the service, you link, you link yourself to it and there it is. There it is. I remember when I set mine up, and this is probably part of the reason it took so long, was that they were asking me questions like, what, what was my income tax assessment from four years ago kind of stuff yeah. like that. So <laughs> yeah. you're having to go back to all your tax records and pull all this sort of stuff out. But it does give you a level of confidence. Like by the time I got to the end of that process, I was pretty sure that I am Craig Day and not someone else. So, yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Which, I mean, this is absolutely everything about you. So you, yeah. know, you want to have that comfort that, yeah. that you know, that no one else can break into it. All right, so in terms of super, what actual information do they have in MyGov these days? Well, lots. So there's things like they've got the total superannuation balance. Um, it tells you if they're, um, if you're in a bring forward, a non-concessional contribution bring forward period. You can sort of click onto that. Lots about concessional contributions. So it includes the concessional contributions that have been made this year and how that compares to this year's concessional contribution cap. But equally, it goes back, it goes back a few years, and remember, and including the carry forward concessional contribution information. So mm. you can click into each year, and it'll tell you what was unused from those previous years, and then it totals it all up at the end. Now, in terms of total super balance, so what, what info is it showing there? Because that's really quite important, isn't it? It sure it's yep so it shows um your total your last total super balance so obviously we know that total super balance is relevant on the 30th of june every year that is the the magic day every year mm -hmm. that total super balance is relevant and so it shows those uh so it will show so long as the super fund has lodged their their income tax returns it'll show the 30 june 2020 total super balances but also going back to the 2016 17 year um right they're showing up there. Yeah. And and just as a reminder, so what's total super balance relevant for? So obviously things like, you know, if I've got very high balances, that could impact my ability to make non-concessional contributions. So I think yep. currently if you've got a total super balance at the end of the previous financial year of more than 1.6 million, mm -hmm. you, your non-concessional cap for this year is, is zero. So obviously that's going to impact there. What other things um, is total super balance impacting... Yep. Well, one that we've been sort of having to talk about a lot in the, in the you know, we're getting calls on this hundreds of times a day almost is carry forward. So yep. using the carry forward concessional. So total, you can only use them if your total super balance is under 500,000 on the previous 30 June. And so that's probably the main one that, that is sort of topical at the moment. You also have the work test exempt contributions where total super balance the previous year has to have been under 300,000. So you can you can check that, and probably less commonly, it's impacts self managed super funds. So both their reporting frequency. You've already mentioned the um, the T bar reports, the transfer yeah. balance cap reports, um, 
and whether an SMSF has disregarded small fund assets. Please don't ask me to, to explain those, Craig, because I'll throw <laughs> it straight back to you. <laughs> uh, we won't go into disregarded small fund assets. So SMSF reporting. So I think for that one, you're looking at that total super balance. If you've got any member of the fund in excess of a million bucks, then you're, you're a quarterly reporter. I think that relates back to when you first commence your... Um, your first retirement phase income stream. So you're for transfer balance cap reporting, you're a, you're a quarterly reporter, so you've got to report by 28 days after the end of the quarter. But if not, as I say, you, you're only required to report on an annual basis by the time you lodge your, your fund's income tax return. So that's why we get those different timeframes and therefore just watching out to make sure that um, our total super balance, if we're going back and looking at it, has it been updated for the SMSF's annual return because obviously the members' balances will impact upon that. So you mentioned non-concessional contributions and carry-forward concessional contributions. So I assume MyGov has contribution information that a client or advisor can use for this? Yeah, it does. So it actually has a non-concessional contribution uh, bring-forward tab where you can click on that and it tells you if the client is in a bring-forward period or not. Um, now, interestingly, I've only been able to sort of look at my own account on this and I'm not in a bring forward. So mine just says not in a bring forward. But if you are in a bring forward, I'm sure it has sort of extra information that's provided there. Um, so that's just another thing with MyGov. Advisors can't get access to it unless the your client gives them their own login, which obviously they can't do. Um, so this is something you need to get your client to look at for you. Um, yep. Uh, also, yet yeah, so it'll show you total concessional contributions. As we said before, it'll go back a few years. And also, in most cases, we'll show this year's ones so long as the employer's using Superstream, mm -hmm. etc. So, yeah, all that information's there. And that's a big question we're having at the moment in our call centres is how, does, how do you report that you're making a carry-forward concessional contributions? Well, you don't. You just lodge your normal notice of intent to deduct for the for the higher amount, you know, assuming you're contributing over the 25000 and wanting to use the carry forward, the ATO has this data. So they match it up. They go, okay, total super balance that the previous 30 June was under 500000 tick. They can use those carry forwards. So it's, a, it's effectively administered by the, by the ATO based on this data that they have here. Right. So, and you said before that um, to utilise the, the carry forward concessional contribution rules, You've got to have a total super balance of under five hundred thousand dollars at the end of the previous year. So, mm. does it actually show total super balance in this section, or how does it work there? Uh, uh, no, from memory, total super balance is in its own section. Right. I believe. So, yeah, yeah. so if you're an advisor, you've got to know to click. So, first of all, you're going in saying, "Okay, my client wants to make some carry forward concessionals. How much have they got carry forward?" So we can identify the amount to contribute. And the other thing we've got to do is just remember to go back and click and look at that total super balance, yep. make sure it's accurate, and that will tell us whether we're actually eligible to utilise that carry forward cap in that year. Yeah, exactly. And another quite cool little thing it has, which is good for clients, um, is that if they might be looking in the total super balance tab, it will also then you're able to click in and link through to the ATO website where it has all the information about what total super balance is and what it's used ah, for. So that I cool. found that quite good, yeah. Okay, so we've covered off on the contribution kind of stuff. What about pension information? Right, yes. So it would, you can go in there and have a look at the individual's transfer balance cap value um, and, you know, what the general transfer balance cap is at the moment and also your transfer balance account so what's mm. the difference between the two? Well, obviously the cap is 
the maximum amount you can have, an individual can have in the retirement phase. Transfer balance account is the amount they've already used to commence retirement phase pensions. Okay, so all of that is uh, is shown in the in the um, MyGov or the transfer balance cap tab. And it also then will come up with your cap space, or in other words, how much more the client can put into retirement phase pension uh, without exceeding that cap. So now it's all I there. Mean, mm. Yeah, now I remember here, yeah, and this is a really important one to go and check as well. And the little story I've got is I was uh, I was talking to an advisor and they were they had clients commencing some pensions and the, the pension values were, were reasonably large. So I said, look, you know, maybe just go and check their, their MyGov account to get an idea. And then a couple of days later, the advisor calls me back and says, what on earth is this thing uh, sitting in the transfer balance account value? And what it was, was a, uh, a defined benefit pension, as old government defined benefit pension, that the client hadn't told the advisor about. Ah. And because it was one of these lifetime ones, there was this quite large figure in there because for, for transfer balance account purposes or the credit, it's the the value of the income stream times sixteen because yes. it was a lifetime pension, and so that was a, a. I'm so glad I said it to him because the client wasn't telling him about it. He thought yeah, that they right. can go and start another pension for this quite large amount of money. As it turned out, there wasn't much in the way of cap space left at all, and it was simply because they went and checked the MyGov account. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Those clients don't always tell you, do they? No, and also I think it's quite easy to easy to sort of imagine a client wouldn't know to tell him. You know, they're just this yeah. is just sort of an income amount they're getting every month. They probably didn't make that connection. Yeah, you know? it's coming from my old government job. It's been paid from the government. It's not superannuation. Yeah, exactly. You can imagine them just thinking that. Now, in terms of this year, we're we're getting a change to the transfer balance cap. It's going from one point six to one point seven. Mm-hmm. But the important thing to here to understand is that if you've already got a retirement phase income stream, such as a account based pension, for example, then you're not actually going to get that full indexation of $100,000. You're only going to get indexation on a proportional basis based off your unused proportion of your transfer balance cap. So let's say if you've used 60% of your transfer balance cap of Mm $1.6 you've only got 40% left. So therefore, your indexation would be 40% of the increase of $100,000. So your cap goes up by $40,000 to $1.64 instead of $1.7. Now, the really important thing here is that the, while it seems conceptually like a simple calculation, it's actually knowing what figures go into that seemingly simple calculation that can cause the complexity. Now, I understand here that the ATO is actually going to do this calculation for members. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah, it should be showing up by 6th of July. So just importantly, though, again, remember in the early days, it may not quite be accurate yet. There may be transfer balance account reports Trend, uh, tr- uh, you know, reports that haven't been lodged yet, especially with SMSFs um, or transactions that haven't been reported. So, um, you know, yes, from 6th of July, but if there's been some more recent transactions, i.e. probably, what, the 2021 year, I guess, yeah, um, then maybe they're not showing yet. So yeah. just sort of keep looking. And I can imagine a good example of that is, if I go back and say, let's just say we've started a, an account-based pension for, let's say, $800,000. And we mm-hmm. started that a couple of years ago. Uh, and then last year, um, let's say someone passed away, the, the client's spouse passed away, and their income stream, uh, well, their death benefit was paid to them as a new income stream that was commenced last year. 
And in that situation, because the client's got a self-managed super fund, that hasn't been reported to the ATO yet. Mm-hmm. So there, the ATO is sitting there thinking that this client has used up half of their transfer balance cap. So therefore, they get $50,000 worth of indexation. But that's an incorrect calculation because the ATO simply don't know that a new income stream has been commenced for that person due to the death of their spouse. And so let's just say that was another $800,000 account-based pension. In fact, because they've fully utilised their transfer balance cap of $1.6 million, they're they're not going to get any indexation at all. So it's just really important to double-check those kinds of situations, make sure we're getting the right calculation because it's so much easier to get it right from the from the outset and really, really hard to fix some of these things once it, once it goes wrong. Yeah, I agree. And also those who have made commutations might not be aware of the calculation difference there. That, yeah. um, you know, you're calculating it based on the highest transfer balance account value as opposed to the, the value after the commutation. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, and just to finish off, what else can MyGov do? Okay, well, other things too. Some some people will be have been introduced to MyGov last year because you can request a release of super on compassionate grounds. But commonly, last year obviously was the COVID release, mm-hmm. um, so that's that was the place where MyGov was where you go in to to request that. Um, you can actually request a transfer of super between funds. Um, so I guess I haven't actually seen that one in action. I'm assuming that means the ATO then writes to the, the originating fund and instructs them to roll it over to a new fund. Is that is that your understanding of how that works? I don't actually no. know. Haven't, yeah. As I say, haven't seen that in action. Seen, but, yeah. you know, if anyone's had a go at it, give me a call and tell me how it works. <laughs> um, uh, also, you can withdraw any ATO-held super. Um, you can make an excess non-concessional contribution election. So that is the election to, uh, to release or retain yep. those contributions in the fund. A Div 293 election, so where you're subject to uh, Division 293 tax, this is the spot you go in to make your election about what, what you're going to do with that one. So that's like releasing the tax liability out of the fund, is that? Yeah, is that that's right. That's yep. Okay, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and also those using first-home super savers, this is where you go to request a determination. So that that's the ability to withdraw voluntary contributions that you might have made um, in order to pay for a first home, a deposit on a first home or expenses to, to buy or build a first home. Um, one of the steps in doing that is you need to apply to the ATO, uh, to the tax office for a determination of how much they're eligible to release. And this is where you can go. This is where you do it. For that determination. Yeah. Okay, terrific, terrific. So it sounds like it's actually potentially a very, very useful tool. It's just making sure the client has both got a MyGov account and probably even more importantly that they can remember their password. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so that old chestnut. Another yeah. thing it does is uh, when you go in, even with the correct, this kept, it kept tripping me up, I would put go in and going with the correct password, but then it would send me a code to my phone and want me to put the code in. And I kept thinking, oh, am I getting my password wrong? No, I wasn't. That was just a second level of security. Okay, Two so factor. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, I think that pretty much sums it up. Thanks, Alex. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the First Tech Podcast. Please remember, these podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you're not an authorised financial advisor, 
You need to remember that any scenarios considered during this podcast were for purely hypothetical and illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. And finally, you should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decision and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources we believe to be reliable and accurate, no person including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited or Commonwealth Bank Group of Companies accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.